0: Welcome to the Baseball Insiders, the only baseball podcast that had the Reds winning the Central in our preseason predictions. Don't watch that episode. Just trust us. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Fansiders, MLB Insider, Robert Murray, who's back from break here to talk biz with us. How you doing, man?
1: I'm great, man. I'm back. I'm still in Sheboygan Falls. So this is kind of like a throwback to when we first started the Baseball Insiders. But yeah. good to be back. Um, how are you doing, man? You, how much did you miss me?
0: i miss you a ton i'm doing good i'm also in sheboygan falls so look out for that um i think i'm actually pretty close yeah no i'm I'm at home um and i will be we talked about this i'm gonna be uh in san francisco on thursday uh so no live episode on thursday i'll be at the giants padres game if anybody is there wants to say what's up i've never been to the ballpark i was told Not to call it Oracle because I'll look like a tourist, but you know what? Pretty confident I look like a tourist anyway. So, not really helping me there. Um, If anybody has ballpark tips, drop them off. But that means we are dropping content on Thursday anyway. I hinted last week we were going to have an interview with a Red Sox player. We did. It was Adam Duvall of the Boston Red Sox. We'll talk about them surging a little bit later in the episode. Uh, He was the nicest guy alive. And I had some like fun kind of tweaks queued up being the Yankee fan. And I still, I just like, couldn't really get him out. Cause I was like, you're just like a kind soul. So you guys will hopefully enjoy that on Thursday. D- I mean, we enjoyed it.
1: Oh yeah. It was a freaking blast. He could not have been nicer. Uh, it gave us some really cool answers by the way. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was a really good interview. You know what? Team high five, Adam. Good job.
0: Yeah. Team high five. And I promised him on the way out. I was like, I actually do wish you good luck. I promise. I'm not kidding. But uh, I mean, look. I hope he hits 580, and I hope the rest of the Red Sox all uh, retire mid-game, and and that's it, honestly. Um, but yeah, good. Adam Duval's too nice, too nice for me to hate. That was so the one thing I didn't get to ask him. Everybody will see. Was I wanted to ask him like, why? I don't hate you. Why should I hate you? What? Give me a reason to hate you. I'm I'm ready for. It. I'm like wide open to it. Uh, just let me know. And he, uh, I mean, it was just it was going so well that I didn't want to throw a weird little grenade in there, but. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really a reason that anybody should despise that man. specifically.
1: <laughs> no, he, he's a very good dude. I'm glad Adam didn't try to poke in the bear. It was a very wholesome conversation, by the way. That was, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a very wholesome thing. It's like, it, it was a Wisconsin conversation. So you got to like that.
0: Yeah. But again, both of us were in Wisconsin. Uh, no, I mean, he's, uh, he, I guess he's in, in, uh, Minnesota being a, you know, getting ready to slug in the rest of that series. Um, If you have an opinion on that series, Red Sox, Twins, or maybe you believe in the Giants or the Reds to finally get the job done, we've got an offer for you and an awesome promo for new Bet365 users. All you have to do is deposit $10, place a $1 wager on any sport. You will instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. All you got to do, use that code BASEBALLIN at sign up by using the code baseball in you see it right there on your screen if you're streaming along with us you not only receive the 200 in bonuses but you will also be directly supporting this podcast so if you haven't signed up for bet 365 join with the code baseball in and place that first bet this offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in most legal gambling states please remember to always gamble responsibly check the episode description for the full terms of the offer And uh, if you and I were gambling before the season, we would have lost a ton of money on these St. Louis Cardinals who have vacillated over the last couple of weeks between being probable sellers, possible sellers, maybe they're making a comeback, to now they could be mega sellers. And so we're gonna break down a little bit the players who could easily be on the market. But now there are there are basically five weeks left for the cards to determine how extreme they want to go. There's some obvious targets here, potential blockbusters, and then sneaky ones if they want to gut all the way down the roster.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) this is a very interesting trade deadline for the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously they still have about six weeks or so to try to turn things around. So you can't necessarily, like, you don't, we don't know for sure what they're going to do because they don't even know for sure what they're going to do. But I would be absolutely floored if they traded either Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado. I don't see that being in the cards. Um, I just don't. But they do have some other trade pieces that should be pretty intriguing, and that's going to be Jack Flaherty. Um, There's a lot of teams that need starting pitching, so they could probably use Flaherty. They could really use a guy like Jordan Montgomery. Um, who I think definitely makes a lot of sense as a trade candidate and for teams to check in on him. That being said, I don't know. Like the Cardinals obviously acquired him last year and they gave up Harrison Bader, who's a meaningful piece. Like that's somebody that the Cardinals liked, but they really like Montgomery. So I'm curious to see if they'd move him a year later. Um, but with there not being that many players or that many high end players available, perhaps that forces some team to, to overpay for a guy like Montgomery. Um, Tyler O'Neill. I mean, we've mentioned him as a trade candidate many, many, many times here. Um, one team that I have heard and I've said on the podcast before that I, that likes O'Neill is the Brewers. Um, don't necessarily know the likelihood there because that's an in in-division trade, of course. Um, and this is one that I didn't necessarily think of. And I, I want to give Adam a little bit of a hat tip for this one is Giovanni Gallegos. He's signed cheaply. Um, for the next, what, two and a half years? Yeah. I mean, that's like controllable and cheap relievers, especially ones who have the talent of Gallegos. That could definitely like get a decent haul in return for sure. Um, so the Cardinals, they have plenty of pieces here, and it's going to be up to John Moselak to determine just how ag- aggressive they want to be. Um, but if they end up selling and they move some of those pieces we just mentioned, I mean, obviously not named Goldschmidt or Arenado, um, they could be one of the more impactful teams of the deadline.
0: Jordan Hicks is another one you mentioned just because I, you know, I think mm-hmm. he's heating up. Um, I don't think you can rule out trading any reliever who isn't tied down, especially if you are struggling the way they are. Early in the season, Hicks was sort of a DFA candidate. we We were all talking about maybe you funnel another talented arm to the Dodgers machine, you know, someone can harness this 104 mile an hour cheddar. Now all of a sudden he's kind of doing it on his own with the Cardinals, but they're falling so far off the pace. Jordan Montgomery. I do feel like I'm glad we brought him up because, you know, the Yankees were never going to deal him in the division, but now that he's taken a stop in St. Louis, I wouldn't be shocked to see. The Orioles maybe target him as a midseason option this year. And then he feels like a prime candidate to me, no matter where he goes, to sign with the Cardinals again this offseason. It feels like you can easily pull that yo yo with Jordan Montgomery, where it's like, we're 15 under. We're not kidding ourselves, but we fixed you last year. We upgraded your ceiling a little bit. Maybe you go help somebody else for two months and come right on back here. Cause I think you're right. I think. They, they don't trade Harrison Bader for him unless they believe in him. And the proof was in the pudding last year. They definitely, you know, uh, upgraded his ceiling and his arsenal and his pitch mix. He wasn't a 4-5 starter. He was a 2-3 in St. Louis. So maybe, you know, the Orioles made those patchwork additions this offseason. Kyle Gibson and, and a lot of 4s in that rotation, but they're still leading the wildcard picture. I feel like Montgomery with that AL East experience and the upgraded version of Montgomery makes a lot of sense there. And then he could just kind of go right back.
1: No, absolutely. And and that's the thing is is obviously the Orioles make a whole lot of sense there. And the Cardinals, they right now they need starting pitching. They they, they need starting pitching badly. Like their starting rotation is just it's in dire need of, of arms. So if they trade him and they move maybe a guy like Jack Flaherty, they're really gonna need some help. And in the offseason, surely they're going to be after starting pitchers. Um Obviously, with Montgomery being available, that would make a a, a reunion there makes a whole lot of sense. So I don't think we can close the door on that necessarily. Um, But yeah, it's that that is that is one that the Cardinals really they screwed up on. Um, And I think I don't know if they'd even admit it publicly, but they they did. Um, They thought they had their arms in house to get through the season. They thought it was going to end up being in good shape. It's, that was a miscalculation, and that, among other things, is a big reason why they are where they are now. And as, obviously, a burner said, the Cincinnati Reds have designated Will Myers for assignment. Um, Redding was kind of on the wall for that one. That was an offseason signing that did not work out. But, um, I, don't, it, I mean, he's, he's not going to be claimed because he was signed a $7.5 million deal in the offseason. But when he becomes a free agent and then signs for the veterans minimum, maybe the dodgers Just maybe about. the padres i mean th- those
0: are uh, yeah, those he, are the out, yeah yeah i mean those are the tough ones when the will myers notification was like will myers has been returned from his rehab assignment today and dfa like you never you got to read all the way to the end of the tweet it's like oh he's healthy and gone it's like oh, oh, there
1: he went. goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: he's feeling he's ready to contribute to the hottest team in the central and eh, no sadly he's uh, he's going to go somewhere else um, we will talk about the Reds in a little bit. I, I just think it's funny that the Cardinals now have this opportunity to sort of own the trade deadline in the way that for weeks we've been watching the White Sox, of course, the Brewers' potential. They're, they're sort of teetering on the edge there, but they've got the most Im- impactful pieces in Burns and Adamas. Now all of a sudden the Cardinals can, look, they can go small, they can go Gallegos, and that's it. Or Monty, or they can go Arenado and Goldschmidt. We don't think they're going to, but they could really, like, it, they could make this a boring trade deadline, or they could make it the craziest uh, since the Scherzer deal.
1: Oh, they absolutely could. Like that, if they traded either one of those two, it would turn the trade deadline upside down, but I, I think it's more likely that i had Dave taylor swift than either one of those two are, are traded um, well she's single so there's a chance I'm, i would drop everything uh for t swift if if t swift if you're watching the baseball insiders right now uh hit me up please um boy i mean uh you got to do what you got to do you got to shoot your shot she's um, got
0: a new song uh hey rob uh dear rob uh so it's, yeah it's, it's good stuff um i'm telling you
1: get, get ready yeah,
0: just, just dropped it just dropped
1: yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll also, I'll say this too. Um, Justin, you're not wrong by the way, man, that, that's, you're not wrong. Uh, if, if Jack Flaherty goes, I, I think the Dodgers make sense there considering their need for, for starting rotation help and also his connections to that area. I think that would be something that is really enticing to him, especially when he becomes a free agent. Um, I, I think that's, that might be one to keep an eye on more in the offseason, but I guess you never know. Um, I know we're going to be talking about the Dodgers here in a little bit, but um, yeah, Adam, is, is there anything else you wanted to touch on with the Cardinals here?
0: No, no. I was just saying, you know, we don't know yet if the Cardinals are going to be forever, if they're going to go down in flames. And uh, if they do go down in flames, then they'll probably <laughs> blow up the trade deadline. Um Shout out to Lance Lynn, too, by the way. I, we can't make any declarations about Lance Lynn being back, but while we were paying attention to Dylan Cease, he did strike out 16 Mariners this week, and I think I've talked a lot about how, like, hey, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to buy low on a guy with a 6.75 ERA. This at least changes the conversation a little bit. Maybe we get another arm in the midseason mix.
1: Oh, absolutely, and because Lance Lynn at the start of the year looked like a complete shell of what he had previously been, and he was a durable and dependable starter for the White Sox, and. Um, and if he, if he can build off of this 16 strikeout outing, like obviously he's not going to strike out 16 guys every outing, but if he can turn in quality starts, eat innings, um, and, and limit the runs that he gives up, then we're talking definitely adding another arm to this deadline mix. Um, and maybe that increases the, oh, it, it would increase the haul that the White Sox would get because it didn't look like they'd be able to get much for him in return. but um. He's, he's somebody certainly that they're going to hope continues to build off of this, uh, especially with Mike Clevenger's injury. I think he avoided a, a super serious injury from from what I all gathered. Um, but um, with Clevenger at least shelved for now, they need Lynn to step up and increase that trade value for sure.
2: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
0: Well, let's go to the surging teams because it's more fun to talk about the good than the bad, although obviously everybody tunes in for us. uh <laughs> Pummeling on on bad baseball teams and picking them apart like vultures and sending people to different clubs <laughs> at the trade deadline, but a uh, couple teams that you maybe would have thought would be in the seller bucket now, not so much. Uh, the San Francisco Giants playoff spot, wild card spot, right now, eight in a row, and the Boston Red Sox, at least on the verge of the wild card mix. Both of them encountered their rivals this weekend: the Giants at Dodger Stadium and the Yankees at Fenway. Both. Pile drive their arrival, steamroll. Uh the Yankees without Aaron Judge, it's honestly not even totally worth having a substantive conversation. Cause then you get into Yankees' philosophy and you're like, shouldn't you have more depth? But you don't. But Aaron Judge is out. I mean, they look horrible. And the Red Sox destroyed them and they're averaging like two runs a game without Judge. But the Dodgers, I think people had certainly higher hopes for a couple weeks ago. Um, until the Giants just went into town with their young talent, Mato's coming up looking great, and and there may be more young talent on the way there. Um, before we diagnose the Dodgers, I think we just got to give a little kudos to the Sox and the Giants, who may both be getting themselves into the playoff conversation.
1: Yeah, the, obviously the Red Sox were not a team that I necessarily thought were were going to be contending, and I was far from alone in that in that thought. And um, they've had a very like strong stretch lately and basically a really good season um to, to this point they're 30 and 35 I know they're in last place um I mean but they're still like they're only 12 games out they're only what one and a half games back of the Yankees who are in third yeah um, like they absolutely have a shot at, at getting one of those wild card spots and um and, it, and if you look at the Giants it's been they've been surging since the, all these young guys came up Patrick Bailey, Um, has been just awesome behind the plate for them. And they had Matos, obviously, and they got – I mean, they're veterans that are stepping up too. Sean since he got moved to the bullpen, has been very good too. He's been pitching like as one of their long arms out of the pen. He's been very good and seems like he's kind of found his niche there. Um, and, And you teased that they may have somebody coming up in the near future, and I see obviously a burner asking when Kyle Harrison is coming up. There are strong indications that he will probably be uh, invited to the Futures game in Seattle in, or in early July. Um, my guess is that he's up anywhere from after the All-Star break to the trade deadline. That is going to be my guess and when he's called up somewhere in that window. Um, and we're talking about one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. We're talking about the Giants' best pitching prospect since Madison Bumgarner. This guy is a certified stud, um, and they've been building up his his arm in the minors. He's been pitching in five innings. He's been pitching five innings now, which is more than he was previously doing. And he's controlling the ball. He's recording a lot of strikeouts. Um, if he does not overthink this, and um, or if he doesn't overthink in the mound and try to aim and just lets his stuff do what it does, he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball before too long. He is that good.
0: I'm uh extremely excited. I, I watched him in the Futures game last year. So this would be uh, two consecutive invites if he does get the call in. He was disgusting last season. Uh, so I guess up soon enough, probably, but not soon enough for me to get a Scherzi on Thursday. That's what you're saying, um, which I don't really know who I'm going to get. I, I would love Tyro Estrada, but I don't know if they'll be selling that
1: uh you, you never know you, you never know i am jealous though that you're going or, or well 18th i'm gonna call it AT&T. It's
0: yeah it's, it's, it's right now it's oracle but i was specifically told don't call it that and so i'm like i don't know i'm probably gonna call it that. i already look like an idiot like i'm gonna be getting on the train with like sunscreen down my nose and like a safari hat being like where's the metro card so like everyone's gonna know i'm a dumbass so i might as well call it
1: oracle <laughs> i i i love that you already have this mapped out that's <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's prime tourism, though, having the big white suntan lotion on your Yeah, people you
0: keep got. flagging me down, telling me that my nose has suntan lotion, and I'm like, I'm sorry. What, no, I, I need to be protected. I can't rub it in. It's SPF 3000.
1: I don't know why that made me think of Danny Tanner from uh, Full House. That just sounded like something that he would do. Um, I don't know if you're a Full House guy, but that, I don't know. It just popped into my head.
0: San Francisco show, isn't it? Like, they, you can people go see forget. their house. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think people forgot that one. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah. People By the way, you're you're yeah. You're gonna see uh, more than likely Logan Webb. So, I, according to my dad, at least, uh, I told my 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 dad's tuning in. I think he's tuning in from from the living room. So, shout out to my dad.
0: <laughs> he's upstairs. He could come on, but no, he doesn't have to come on. Maybe we'll no. see how. Uh,
1: no, uh, I'll tell you. I was I was hanging with him before the show, and he desperately wanted to come on, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, no, you you you're not gonna do that. But, no.
0: No, well, I mean, I hope you had a good Father's Day weekend. We talked about this. I was on, uh, I was on the Cape with my dad watching a uh, Cape League ball Friday night. Uh, Saturday we were supposed to go to games. They all got rained out. Epic created a Yankees doubleheader sweep on Sunday. Cool, good for me. Love spending time with my dad watching the Yankees get their brains beaten in at Fenway Park. Um, but I mean, they're not really solvable right now. They're just not good. Uh, the Dodgers probably need to fix this though because. Yankees yeah, are getting Judge back. The Dodgers are getting Urias back, but they're not getting a whole rotation back. They're not getting a whole bullpen back. Um, I mean, it's conventional wisdom. They're going to have to shop for arms at the deadline, but like you and I just want to underscore that. Like they, they really truly need to do some work or pack it in.
1: And I, I don't see them packing it in. That does not sound like something that uh, that front office is going to do. No. And they are, it is really interesting because they do not want, or they have not wanted to part with their top prospects um, even dating back to the offseason. And I don't envision them doing that now um, just because they, they want to make sure that their run is going to be sustainable. Um, so I would, it's going to be tricky for them, but they have to add at least one or two starting pitchers. They also have to add to the bullpen. Um, that's it's their number one priority. Obviously like, you could look at shortstop as a as at a posi- or as a position that they could try to upgrade to. Um, I do know that one player that they have loved in the past is Willie Adamas, and the Brewers have not been willing to do that. Um, but Willie Adamas is I think when he becomes a free agent is somebody that's going to you're gonna have to watch for the Dodgers for sure. Um, especially since I believe there's a connection between Adamas and Friedman from their time in Tampa Bay. Um but yeah, it's for now, it's their the Dodgers' is trade deadline focus is gonna be pitching, pitching, and more pitching.
0: It's the highest team ERA since they were the Brooklyn Dodgers. So there is something to fix here. They have never been this bad in Los Angeles, California. So um as much as Andrew Friedman hates trading for big name relievers, hey, I get it. But uh, you know, Jimmy Nelson and Blake and rehabbing and all these guys coming in on flyer deals and Alex Reyes being out for the year, it's not working so far. So I understand that you don't like doing it, but maybe got to do it. And uh, down the freeway, though, the other L.A. team stealing headlines these days. The Angels, they are an L.A. team. They're an Anaheim team. Uh, They're in a playoff spot right now, too. And, uh, I mean, that's sort of what leads to us talking about the Red Sox maybe being able to steal a spot because the AL wild cards are like, The Angels? The Yankees? The Blue Jays are there? The Astros? Like, there's no dominant team making me feel great, which is why I think a lot of America's probably rooting for Shohei and Trout to sneak their way in there. And a lot of Dodgers and Padres and Mets fans are probably rooting for them to not do that. Does any of this surging increase the possibility that Otani is an Angel long-term? Is there anything that could happen that could convince the Angels to pony up the $500 million?
1: I don't think they're going to need like convinced to do that because they've been pretty adamant that they want to retain Shohei Ohtani. Mm -hmm. Um, Their surge definitely helps because it it puts them in a position to make the postseason, which is something that Ohtani has not done. And it's very it's it's been abundantly clear that he wants to go um, to he wants to be on a team that's going to contend. And if the Angels make it, then yeah, that does increase the chances, but. I don't see any scenario in which he does not test free agency. Like he's he's going to be a free agent, um, and he's going to end up listening to a lot of these teams. Um, obviously, there's going to be big market teams. There's going to be teams that contend year in and year out. They're going to be after him. Um, but I, it, if the Angels don't make the postseason, then I think there's zero chance he goes back. If they make the postseason, then we can at least entertain that thought. But um, I won't be able to get a, give a definitive answer on that until obviously after the season, but their surge definitely helps uh, for sure. And speaking of that, um, the Angels—they are with—they're going to want to maximize their their chances at the postseason this year, and that is going to mean being aggressive at the deadline. And to their credit, they've been able to surge despite a lot of these injuries that they've had on this roster. And it like there's certain teams that I've heard that are kind of like standing pat on the trade market for now, like Tigers and Royals uh, name a couple of teams. It wouldn't necessarily be surprising to see if the Angels start to be one of the more aggressive teams on the trade market. Um, that does not mean a trade is going to be done anytime soon, but um, they're going to want to be aggressive. Ardy Moreno wants to retain Shohei Otani uh Perry Manassian comes from the Alex Anthopolis tree and Anthopolis obviously has proven that he's not to make it not afraid to make a deal at any time so I guess you can't necessarily rule anything out but I think the Angels are kind of like a sneaky team to watch in the coming weeks here
0: especially because we've got more buyers than sellers at this point the the Royals are out there you know the the last plays A's certainly we've talked in the past about like yeah, I mean, they're at the bottom of the league. So obviously, they're not buyers, but is there anybody there who really intrigues you that much? So that's why so much attention has been focused on the White Sox. So much attention has been focused on the Brewers, maybe pulling off some sort of hybrid sell off. That's why the Cardinals make things so interesting, uh, because if they're actually willing to go deep here and, and you know, they, they could really shake things up. And we've maybe lost a team in the Reds. Who felt like an interesting seller a couple weeks ago, and now uh, lead the Central? They lead the NL Central. Um, so at this point, it feels disrespectful to say, you know, ah, they can find a new home for X, you know, Nick Senzel to the Dodgers. It, it all makes sense, but we're going to tell the hottest team in baseball to just start selling off pieces at the end of June. I don't know about that. It kind of feels like the Reds have stolen the Pirates' vibe belt. The Pirates tried to counter by calling up Henry Davis yesterday. Still lost eight nothing. He's a good ball player. I'm excited to see what he does, but nobody's playing like the Reds right now.
1: No, we said this about the Pirates at the start of the year, and we can say it about the Reds now. They lead the league in vibes. Um, they, do. they are they're fun. and I mean Ellie de la Cruz, what an absolutely exciting player this guy is. Um, he is <laughs> it is remarkable watching him play because obviously, like offensively, stud. We saw that play where he ended up hitting the ball down the first base line. The first baseman got it, and he still beat the first baseman to the bag. Like, how many players actually can do that? Like, hardly any. Um, actually, it might be he might be one of one in that regard. It is it's crazy watching that. Um, and obviously, they have Matt McLean. They have a bunch of young players who look really good too. And they also just got this guy back named Joey Votto, who might he just so happens to be pretty good. And in his first game back, ended up hitting a home run. That was an absolutely crazy night. I was watching his interview with Scott Van Pelt um, late last night, too. And he was just gushing about the team and how they, um, instead of just being on a rebuilding team, they go out there now and they expect to win. And he said that's been a change from their past teams. And um, it's, he looks like he, obviously, he's only been back for a little bit, but he looks totally rejuvenated. He looks happy. He looks, um, Yeah, I mean, he looks like the school bus driver. A good shot, obviously, the burner. Like, he's he's leading the kids. And they look like a legitimate threat, not only in that division, but the National League. And we'll see if it's sustainable, but they're fun. And it's probably right up there with one of the more surprising storylines of the entire baseball season so far.
0: And it's not the time to worry about the future contract extension and him hitting free agency, et cetera. If you're a Reds fan, you just have to be excited about this now. I understand can be sin- the game can be cynical sometimes, but this is just pure joy. And and Votto being back as the ringleader only adds to that. By the way, there are endless McLeans. I w- at the Cape Codley game on Friday, I saw Matt McLean's little brother, Nick McLean, make his debut in the league and homer in his first game in the in the Cape Cod collegiate, uh, you know, all-star circuit. So it, literally these McLeans keep producing more McLeans and, and eventually there will be, I don't know. There's another one of the minors like this, this might be the new, you know, LeVar ball. He's just a guy who does nothing but produce quality middle infielders.
1: Oh God. Well, uh, well, hopefully there's, there's no, what is it? Is LeVar the dad?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know Mr. McLean's deal, but he should be very proud. <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely should be. I mean, what an absolute I mean, obviously we've seen Matt and he looks he looks the part and obviously he's a top prospect for a reason. So, good job to that family. Um but man, I'll tell you, um the Reds they were they entering the season they were kind of an afterthought for me and obviously we saw their owner's comments before opening day and he rightfully got ripped. Um and now they they're the most fun team in baseball, and I'm very curious to see exactly how that front office handles the trade deadline and how aggressive they are in trying to upgrade that roster. Like, they obviously have an, uh, an abundance of of infielders or middle infielders. Maybe they could part with some of that depth to upgrade a different part of the roster. They can go in a lot of different directions, but um, yeah, that is that is a very fun team. I think that, as I said before, and I'll say it again, they lead the league in vibes.
0: Enjoy the ride. They're probably not going to win the rookie of the year because Corbin Carroll's got that unlocked. But they could finish second, third, fourth, fifth. Like they could just sweep down that top
1: five. No, they absolutely could. And I mean, you never know if there's anyone who could top Corbin Carroll. Maybe it's Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, although that being said, Corbin Carroll, he's he's got a pretty good grasp on it right now. He obviously that extension he signed um, was a lot of money, but he looks like he's prepared to earn it and then and then some here. If you leave it up to a fan vote, Dela Cruz is going to win. But I, I think
0: uh, Corbin Carroll's probably got it on lock. Just all beasts, though. Who, who needs to compare beasts? Just be happy that there are beasts everywhere. And uh, I'm happy, Robert, that you're back. That we're back in action. Uh, you are the beast of this podcast. And there will be no baseball insiders if you were not here to give us high-quality content every week, twice a week while I uh, dribble all over myself and put sensory on <laughs> my nose. So I appreciate you wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you too, man. I need you to do me one favor. I need you to travel safe to the Bay Area and enjoy the mm-hmm. ball game. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you. I will do exactly that. I need you to do me
0: one favor. Uh, subscribe to the Baseball Insiders on YouTube. I don't know if you're there yet, but we are so close to being able to provide everybody with some even uh, higher quality content. Yes, it does get better than this podcast. Uh, exclusive perks, et cetera. We'll have plenty for you as the trade deadline approaches. Bet 365. You don't have an account yet. Baseball in the promo code. Uh, if you're in a legal gambling state, you are able to take full advantage of that promo All the information is in the episode description. Justin, we enjoy you. We enjoy everybody showing up in the comments. You people are the reason we do this podcast. Uh, Robert and I do not exist. Literally, if you people were not here, we would disappear like the kids in Back to the Future from a photograph if the comment section was not here cheering us on. Uh, So Thursday... Check out that interview. We're going to run the Duval clip on all feeds the video and audio. Um, And we'll see you all next week. We'll hopefully have some more good stuff for you, everybody. Stick around uh, for
1: Thursday and see you on Monday. Yeah, we'll see you on Monday. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And by the way, we will have good stuff on Monday. Get ready. Well, lots of good stuff. Oh, yes, we will. Oh, yeah. Very good stuff. But Adam, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for a good episode as always. And thank you all for watching. Thanks for bringing the heat. We'll see everybody next week.